This is Novel Chronicles, Episode 1, Part 1. Novel Chronicles is a tabletop web series combining acting and storytelling with the rules of a role-playing game. There are four players, one game master, and there is no script. If you hear any dice rolls, typically a low number is bad and a high number is good. Now on to the episode. Welcome to Novel Chronicles, Episode 1. I'm the Game Master, Timothy Reese. We are excited to have you here. And by we, I would like to introduce our cast of adventurers. We have Bill Crow. Hello. Danielle Beckman. Hi. Mark David Christensen. Hi. And Victoria Ronnie. Hey there. Since this is our, <laughs> since this is our very first episode, before we get into the story in the world of Ventir, I want to give an opportunity for the cast to share who their characters are. And we're going to begin with you, Bill. Hello. So, Hecate is, well, Hecate is a um, nomad. He's used to a life on the road, hard times, but uh, things are starting to look up. He's a diviner, a sellsword, and most importantly, a very adept arcanist. He's got this deep red hair, very almost ratty leathers, a little bit of armor mixed in there, and a brilliant sword at his hip, as well as a torch that he uses most often to cast his spells. Thank you very much. Of course. For you, Danielle. Hi, I'm Danielle, and I'm going to be playing Greta. Greta, no last name. No, don't worry about that. I'm uh, not looking for love, so don't even try, okay? Um, obviously, you can tell I'm a squick. I'm two foot one. I mean, it's not it's not hard to see. Um, I'm semi-rodent-like, I guess you'd say, for you people who don't know what squick look like. And uh, I'm really glad to be traveling with my bodyguards. That's what I call my friends. They were a lot bigger than me. And um, I'm not in any trouble with the law, so stop asking. Okay, next. <laughs> MDC. Well, hi, I'm Mark David Christensen, and I'll be playing the character Ewan for Hire. Uh, he's a Farron, he's 3-2. He's 170 years old, and he's been around, he's Lived almost everywhere you could think of and knows a lot. Um, but he recently left Charles because he has some weird dreams that uh, are pushing him and giving him a drive to find um, about his past, an element of his past that he wants to discover more about. Um, he sounds a little bit like this. I'm Elon, and I'll tell you, and t- I won't tell you everything, but I'll tell you enough. All right? So I'm here. I decided to leave the safety of Charles in order to find out what those dreams I'm having are. Which is, I dream about a daughter I've never met before. Will I find her? I hope so. That's why I dream these mercenaries. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Victoria? Um, so you see a tall, very muscular, short, brown, furred humanoid with uh, asymmetric medium length to shave hair. And uh, it's a bit greasy and sea salted, and they have a smile on their face and a glint in their brassy eyes. And you see a hoop septum piercing and scruffy double lobed ears um, with many more piercings. And on uh, their neck, uh, they, they wear chonky kind of beaded choker. And on one of her pinkies, you see a dark brown braided leather ring with a snake-like 
uh, red inlay that um, gives off a bit of a glow of a magical vibe. And in her hands, they uh, absentmindedly rub their fingers on a long glaive with a strong handle um, with a vicious looking blade on one side and a crudely strapped bone boomerang on the other. And um, you can call me Ashvin, pronouns are they, she. Uh, I've only recently begun to travel be, uh, since leaving a post in Beerus, and it's quite exciting. Uh, if, I, if I'm curious, I will ask. And uh, you, you sense I was a bit of a naive homeschool kid, but I undoubtedly love being around new people and new experiences. And uh, yet I have a short attention span. I uh, don't want uh, to wait any longer than necessary in one place. And uh, I'm caring, I'm, I'm surprisingly charismatic for what I look like. And <laughs> I hug as hard as I backhand. So I'm, I'm currently single, down, ready for anything, uh, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank good. you so much. And with that, we have introduced the adventurers. There's going to be many more NPCs that you're going to meet along the way, including the purveyor of this party, but we'll get to him later. Oh, boy. So, episode one. It is late summer in the month of luck, and it is swelteringly hot this time of year. The party of adventurers have formed a fledgling mercenary company, so far unnamed. Sticking to small jobs and protection gigs in the coastal communities of the Amber Sea. One month ago, they were hired by a diminutive, shrill individual known as Lord Rupert Sumo. Rupert represents a powerful family in the north, embroiled in a civil war, and he is seeking an artifact known as the Face of Harthak. Rupert's patrons became aware of an individual simply known as Latch who intended to sell the artifact to their enemies, and so Rupert was sent to negotiate the purchase for his side instead. He hired the party, and after a long search, a lead surfaced in the small hill village of Farson Heights. So the party escorted Rupert to investigate. Negotiations nearly instantly disintegrated, and the apparent holder of the face of Harthak murdered his father, the town chief, and through no small feat of magic, escaped from the town and set sail in his own vessel, the red-sailed Severe. The party aboard their chartered vessel, the Pummelbub, has given chase through a narrow shoal to make a chance attempt at cutting off the Severe before its superior speed escapes their grasp. By best account now, it must be two in the morning, and the sky is gorgeous overhead. Thousands, millions of stars burn in the sky in a full spectrum of hues. The vast overlapping nebulas spill out like watercolors on black canvas, and the glow is bright enough to read without a candle. It's easy to forget the dangers ahead as only the waves, the slight groan of creaking ship, and the soft footfalls of the ship patrol meanders from rail to rail to look for possible danger on the banks. You survived a rough encounter earlier in the evening as you punted your way through wooden teeth. Some creature native to this shoal, scaled and with teeth like kitchen knives, attempted to make a meal of the crew and sink your vessel with their caustic saliva. Mm. Those creatures are now either dead or escaped to some shadowy corner to sulk. The carcass of the two who died are still on deck and provide a curiosity for those daring to get close. Captain Jordica, the pale-eyed, pale-haired Asterian skipper, still stands at the till. She's lashed it to a fixed position to keep it wandering, 
Even at night, it's possible to spot her matching blue plaid shirt and trousers, and the brass caps on her horns give the faintest twinkle now, as if she's been polishing, polishing them while in thought. Her first mate, Smugsy, the dark-haired human wearing matching blue plaid, with a slightly all-too-elastic face, has begun distributing hot honey cakes out of the small pan he's warmed below deck in the makeshift galley. The crew are tired. You are tired. The Pummelbub is not a ship of pursuit nor of war. It's a garbage scale. But Jordica knew the dead chieftain murdered just yesterday, and she wants to see his son brought to some semblance of justice. The four of you have had a reprieve after the intense fight. You're currently nestled near the prow at the front of the ship, sitting on the deck planks where they converge at the tip so that a quiet conversation is possible without risking anything more than a whisper. And as Smugsy makes his way over, kind of intruding on your conversation ever so slightly, just a few minutes now until we've come full around the wooden teeth. Okay, that's good. Wonderful. Get your breath while it's easy. Thank you, Smugsy. And he slips four honey cakes amongst you you for making his way. Oh, thank you. Takes a bite of it. Thank you. That's good. Mm. Not bad. Very good, Smugsy. Mm. He gives you a nod over his shoulder. But now, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. The four of you at the front, by the way, you still have not seen Rupert since you boarded the ship. Um, But as you're currently now at the front, you can see just in the distance, it's very bright overhead as it is every night in Bintir. But looking ahead, as there's no cloud cover whatsoever, you can see that by best accounts, both with the direction that the, the waves below in the water seem to be shifting, you're nearing what would be the outlet into the greater Amber Sea from this shoal that you've been sort of punting around. And you figure it must not be more than an hour or two before you're finally out into the water and likely will be catching full sight of the severe. But right. as the four of you are together. Hey, uh, any of you gonna take a nap? I might. He's gonna finish cleaning this up. Hecate's uh, currently polishing his sword, kind of taking the de- or the, um, the debris off of it from the fight a few moments ago. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'm going to collect some of this acid, and I pull out um, a, good idea. a bunch of bottles from my fathom satchel, and, mm-hmm. and I have thick gloves, and go to get some of the nasty acid blood from the dead creatures. Yeah, let's make a, uh, let's make a nature check. Okay. <laughs> cool. First roll of the game. Ooh. That's not bad. Uh, nature, 20. 20? Uh, the smell is overwhelming, but reaching into the... You're going to do it for as many as you can, basically. How many vials do you have? Uh, yeah, like three little ones. Three but little I, ones. My, my sense of smell is through the roof, so it's right. going to be rough. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll put on one of my masks I have. Okay. So okay. as you... Reaching into the mouth of the creature while being Ooh. careful not to disturb any of the sort of dripping residue saliva... Uh, you manage to squeeze a couple of glands into the bottles. And as it is, you actually, you get three. You fill up all three small bottles. What do they look like? Are they glowing? It doesn't glow. It's a putrid green, almost like a, um, like, it's almost like a, I mean, it looks like snot. Okay. But essentially, it's potion glass that you're putting it inside right. of, which is capable of within, within, standing up to anything, okay. really. I'll sort of waddle back to the party. Look, guys, this could come in handy someday. As you begin to cork them, you're... A little nervous about the corks holding for long term. So as it is, you might want to take care of that later. 
Yeah. I can also uh, uh, do a little magical tinkering to give it a good seal. So I'm going to work on that. All right. So as you're working on sealing them to prevent any uh, sudden leakage. Um, uh, um, to, I want to thank all of you. That last fight I did not hold up so well. I almost got myself bit into two. But because of you, I'm still here. So thank you. Hey, no problem. Yeah, we got to get you better armor. It's pretty good. How are your yeah. legs holding up? Ah, they're, a, they're a little... A little shaky from all of it. You're pretty deep inside. Yes, yes. I, almost, yeah. I stopped losing. I lost feeling a little bit there, but we're coming back. That's not good. That's I'm not so good glad sign. you were there. That's the scariest fight we've ever been in. I think so, actually. Oh god. Considering yeah. this is only the second fight that we've ever been in together. Oh boy! I'm gonna retch over the side. It's all downhill <laughs> from here. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to alarm you, but maybe you should puke on the ship. That stuff might be attracting some unwanted yeah. attention. Yeah, but we're going faster now, so we're going to be behind us. Yeah. All right, all right. Ashvin is um, with 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 their hand, kind of wiping off the blood from one of the wounds that she sustained, and just kind of wiping it on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> your own version of scrubbing the deck. <laughs> Adding your own paint. It's giving a character, you know. Yeah, it's it's from the bite that you took the day before, uh, not the day before, several hours ago, it it essentially looks as if you were bitten by a shark. Like it's enough it's enough of an outline that it's a horseshoe shaped bite. Mm. Uh, there was no tearing. You're not dealing with anything necessarily involving a lot of stitches, but it was uh, deeply unpleasant. So not deep teeth kind not of shell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Man sure. You managed to essentially like flex yourself into the jaw so that it didn't just rip off half of your body. Yeah. But yeah, they're not the most pleasant of creatures. That's gonna be a fun scar. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't. Is, I don't got. It? I yeah. don't got any ointment. I'm oh, sorry. that's fine. I don't got nothing to say. I'm just saying thank you for taking that. <laughs> if it wasn't for you taking that big giant bite, I would not be here yeah. right now. I'm just saying what. You're you, welcome. you should do what I do when danger comes. You just run away. I can't live that way now. Oh. I gotta go r- right in, head first. Hey, speaking of, what? Is, did Rupert even get on the ship? I have no idea. Oh, oh my he, gosh. Where is he? Where is he, right? Oh, do you oh help us fight? Is he under? Has is he, anyone seen him? He's below deck, maybe. I'm go gonna look for him. Let's go, Rupert. He's at, Mugsy, at that Mugsy, Smugsy turns around. Shh. Sorry. Keep your voice down. Sorry. All right. Sorry, Smugsy. Uh, do we have to go find him? I think so. All right. Let's go. All right. Uh, yeah. I finished yeah, my so, last bottle. All right. If I can have everybody make uh, a perception check. Yeah. First roll. I need my new perception. It should be act- accurate now. I fixed it last night. 16. 16? 10. 10? 15. 15? 14. 14? Well, you all passed. That's fine. As a lot of you begin to make your way first below deck, kind of searching from stem to stern all the way through the various small compartments between bulkheads. You see a couple crew members who are sleeping. No sign of Rupert. You do find his large barrel, which is stowed on deck, and you are aware of it. In below, in the in the burned-out galley where you had made your bunks previously, in the sort of ratty hammocks that are hanging up nearest the ladder that leads up to the cockpit. 
But looking through, you can see the barrel's there. He's not in the barrel as he would normally be. And as you've made your way essentially all the way to the aft compartment. What else is in the barrel? Looking in the barrel is not a lot. Okay. You can see that there appear to be several hard-boiled eggs, which is, a, which is uh, you have not had eggs on this entire journey. So at any point in which Rupert acquired the eggs, it has not been with you. And by that I mean that no one on the ship has been eating eggs. Rupert's been holding out. And you did not at any point buy eggs anywhere. But Rupert has. It's a half dozen hard-boiled eggs sitting in a small oilcloth pouch that seems like it's tucked right on top, right in the middle. And you can see that also in the very bottom of the barrel appears to be an absolutely disgusting-looking, deep green, algae-stained piece of cloth. At one point, you figure that it had some kind of ceremonial importance to someone. It looks like there's quite a bit of intricate beadwork and stitching and embroidery that's knitted along through it. it it's large. It looks like it would be quite a large, long bolt of fabric. Um, but as it is, as it's sort of lined in the bottom, it looks a little bit like a, a nest. So if Rupert were to, if you were to picture the small diminutive figure sleeping inside the barrel, it would be along the bottom in kind of a ball. Uh, but otherwise, there's nothing else inside of it. Um, I'm going to look close to the ground and do some sniffing. Okay. To see if I can track that scent. Uh, make an investigation it's check. It's a very <laughs> distinct scent. Yeah. We know his smell. It's um, vinegar. Oh, God. Oh, uh, 17. 17? Bad. As you apply your nose to the ground, giving a, a good... This sudden in like burst of vinegar smell kind of kicks in as you realize that there is the noticeable trace of Rupert's track heading up the ladder to the cockpit. Uh, guys. It's recent. I think he's like inside the cockpit. What if he's like steering the ship? He's not that strong, right? Yeah, we got to go see this. Heading up the ladder up to the cockpit. The cockpit, by the way, is on the... So structure of the ship is you have the deck, which goes all the way to the front. And it essentially is a, it's a very simple structure for the ship. It's a deck that goes to the front, to the prow. And then at the top is what's called the aft castle, mm-hmm. which is essentially it's a raised platform at the back, which makes up the cabin where the captain sleeps. And Smugsy as well. They sleep in the same kind of berth. Um, and on top of that is where Jordica has been steering the ship and that's where this heads to the cockpit is really just a flat platform oh, it's okay. not enclosed okay gotcha. but as you make your way up the ladder carefully making sure not to be too much of a disturbance as you can oh, yeah. see that captain jordica is leaning kind of casually against the till as she's looking out at the horizon your nose leads you around her towards the toilet cabinet hanging off the back of the ship oh it's in the cabinet that's where right. I wanted to hide, remember? Yeah. I was going to hide in there, but uh, seems like he might be doing his business. You can see that there's quite a bit of damage that was done to the cabinet in the middle of the fight as one of the creatures actually climbed up the back of it. And as it did, it dug its claws directly into the woodwork. There are scratch marks all down the side that look like it was slightly raked as the creature sort of lost its footing before leaping towards Jordica at the beginning, oh, yeah. of, the, at the beginning of the battle. Uh, but looking, you can see that the, the sort of door leading into the toilet is hanging slightly off its hinge, just ever so 
slowly moving in the breeze. I just knock on that door and yell, Rupert! <laughs> and that Dordica turns around, Shh! I'm so sorry. My, Rupert! I see. She turns back to the till. No one's in here. Are you all right? Yes. Are you, you taking a, a drop? Or are you hiding? <laughs> well. At this, you see <laughs> the door crack ever so slightly. And Rupert appears. And a small head pokes out. Hello. Hello, Rupert. So, I, um, I started, well, it was one and the other. One what? What? Hiding. And then a drop. Oh, oh I see. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get Got it. it. Are Got they gone? It. Yeah, yes, they're, they're gone. Yeah, they're dead or, dead or ran away. Okay. Um. You're really good at hiding. When we all travel as a group, how how is we gonna find you? You don't need to. Why? Because, well, privacy is important. Yeah, I get it. I get you. I get you, man. All right. So, uh, hey. Yeah, go, go, go. What you gonna say? I have nothing to say. Ah. Huh? I was just asking. I just want to make sure Rupert's all right. Yeah. And Rupert, yeah. I have a question for you. See, have you got a question? Well, I just popped in my head. Okay. <laughs> is it? At this, he begins to slowly close. Like gravity. <laughs> no, um, I have a question. Okay. Why don't you tell us about your eggs? I was about to ask. What eggs? Who found eggs? We looked in your barrel and we saw the. Privacy egg. is important. We were looking for you, you, my friend. And we were worried. We just got attacked by these things. We were. Okay, so listen. When we were. I was inside the hall. And. Negotiating for the face of Harthak. Right. And? Yeah. There were eggs. Oh. And? I see. I had a hand free. Oh. So, eggs? Okay. Yeah. Did okay. you grab, did you grab the eggs in the middle of our fight? <laughs> no. Make an insight check. <laughs> Do we need an insight check for that one? <laughs> <laughs> we need one. Uh, and then why was it? Sorry, with the, the insight. Oh, uh, uh, twenty-one. Oh, <laughs> wait, I'm twenty. Oh, <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> but there are rewards. Who would like eggs for breakfast? I'm hungry. I would. I mean, um, I would not say no. Yeah. yeah so listen, we're gonna be to this big scary ship in about uh right. an hour or so. We're going to need your help. Um, how? Are you going to fight? Are you going to just hide? Oh, no. I don't fight. No. Okay. Well, then stay in the cover and find us when we dock. Hey, we might all be dead, so I don't know. Figure it out. Do you want your payment now? Yes. That would help. Yes. While that exchange was happening, Ashvin went to go find uh, Smugsy to get another honey cake for Rupert. Okay. Yeah, and his cup has returned with it. All right. As as you as you have as he begins to reach into the pouch, sort of doling out your wages, kind of to close out <laughs> the transaction. Um, as you hand him the honey cake, you can see that as he looks down at it, there's this um, moment where he looks up and looks down at the honey cake, and there's this almost. His eyes are always a little dewy, so it's hard to tell if there's a small tear forming. Uh, <laughs> But they're maybe a little more dewy than normal. Oh, 
Well, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I love honey cakes. Oh, me too. Um, where are they? I can get you more. <laughs> I mean, you just have to go ask Smogsy. Oh, it's, it's an ask thing. Oh, yes. Well, well, thank you. You're welcome. I'm ready. Uh, as he begins doling out, he doles out to each of you 25 gold, which would have been the wages for this last week. Oh, the spirits. This is, this is not bad uh, at all. As he begins handing it out, uh, you find, Ashman, there's an extra gold piece in yours. Oh, oh. oh man, being oh, nice means something. Ah, uh, I'm screwed. How much again? 25 gold. Foop. Foop. Oh, can we take a short rest? We took a short rest. Just the assumption now. would be that you can take a short rest yeah. now. Yeah. There's not been a long rest yet yeah. because it's not been uninterrupted. Cue all of us adding 25 gold <laughs> immediately to our <laughs> <Yeah>. money. <laughs> I was like, gimme, gimme, gimme. We're a little poor right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'll hit my barrel. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to go sleep in your barrel? No. I what? can't sleep now. Oh. What if this is the last sleep? What if I sleep okay. and die and then I don't get to wake? Okay, you go sleep. We'll find no, you. No, I'm not sleeping. Oh, you're not listening. You go. I'm, I'm forced to chew, man. Okay. I'm forced to chew. And he goes, <gasps> you can see he's like sort of in your face. He's just like taking a few steps back. Ashvin has taken two large hands into these two small creatures. He's just rubbing their backs. <laughs> oh, that's, that's quite nice, actually. Oh, oh. Okay. Ah, that's All right. nice. And it's because he begins Bye. scurrying between you to head downstairs to grab his barrel. Better me well, than we, I am. We know where he is gonna be. Oh, can you scratch my back a little bit more? Oh, sure. Oh, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. Uh, should we talk to Jordica? Yeah, might be a good idea. There's not oh, much to I... say to me. I've heard the whole exchange as Jordica no. turns around. <laughs> She's only been five feet away from you the whole right. time. <laughs> it's always nice to see some semblance of friendship in the middle of. Adventure? So, yeah. Yeah. in a few moments, Smugsy will be doling out the grappling hooks and, well, boat hooks for you to use. Grip? How do you use a grappling hook? You said you were experienced in combat. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Uh, just throw it. Yeah, you just throw Better. it. I'll make sure we can teach you how to use it if you don't know. I'll I'll make sure Smugsy doles out a tutorial as well. (laughs) Thank you. Heads back to the wheel. Oh, gosh, she's on to me. She's on to us. On to us? Yeah, though I'm not experienced. You can see from your position now Rupert suddenly appearing from the aft, sorry, the forward hatch, now with the barrel on his back (laughs) as he clambers up and begins setting out sort of a makeshift he, he removes the large green fabric and lays it out in the front like a picnic as he begins moving his possessions, of which is the blanket as well as the small bundle of eggs into the middle. As he looks back at the group of you and waves. All right. Is it, is it time? I guess so. Let's have some breakfast. Yeah. As the group of you have a small meal at the front of the boat now sort of topping off honey cakes with hard boiled eggs <laughs> breakfast of champions as it's still sun has not risen yet you can see that smugsy is now emerged from the the aft cabin with a pair of grappling hooks which look like they're they're bright enough to look like they've been cleaned 
and sort of maintained in the, the last several hours, as well as a pair of boat hooks, mm. which will be doled out for the four of you, given that the rest of the crew will be keeping the ship afloat in the upcoming engagement. Is there anything you'd like to do before we begin preparing for that? Tutorial! <laughs> I think during the picnic, Ashvin might, in very simple terms from what she understands, catch Rupert up on what the plan was for us to attach to the, the boat. Yeah. One moment. I also still have my um, my uh, potion of aquatic adaptation. Should I want to dive in? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. This is true. Actually, I'm not. Smugsy's going to talk to you, so I'm going to leave Rupert there. <laughs> but as now Rupert is caught up, and Smugsy makes his way over, as well as Captain Jordica, and you can see the two of them now. There's another crew member who's now on the till as the ship is beginning to near the outlet into the actual main amber sea. So Smugsy is going to be leading the lot of you through, well, we won't call them drills. But in reality, life of a corsair is not one of peacefulness nor timidity. As we approach the severe, we'll be able to see them on the deck. The goal is to entangle ourselves with the severe. We're going to have one shot at this. It is a faster vessel, and we have our scrap metal in the hold. So we are not moving it nearly the clip. If we miss the severe, we will not catch up. No we, entangle the, we entangle the rigging, and then we, well, we stop latch. Have you done this before? Many times. Oh, we got this, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with experienced Corsairs in a vessel built for it mm. that's not... Hauling scrap metal garbage. Oh. Working with four individuals who are giving me varying levels of confidence on their faces at the I moment. Think we got it. We're going to I've be just fine. Yeah, we're going to be great. We'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to ask for deception checks there. <laughs> Let's assume that was aspirational speaking. <laughs> with this smug, he comes over. All right, let's find out what you lot know about throwing grappling hooks. Who's ever thrown one? I've thrown. Other things. We've done it before. Yeah. We've got a we've got a volunteer here. He throws a lot of stuff. Sometimes. You two are going to be on grappling hooks. That means you two are on boat hooks. I throw this, and she holds up the the boomerang attached, and it's but there's just no rope attached. It's the same thing, right? Well, I only have two grappling hooks, so who wants them? You might want to throw one. You get one, and you get one. You two are on boat hooks. Oh, go ahead. So your job is whenever the punters start to come over, you whack them before they make their way to the deck. Oh. All right. Of course. Also, if Beamon goes overboard, you pull him back in. Mm. Sounds good. I'm safe to go overboard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, when you're throwing with grappling hooks, yeah. make sure it's tied off to the railing. Don't hold on too hard. Okay. Gets in the rigging. It pulls you in between the ships. You'll be chewed up between the two on the hulls, like bacon fat and teeth. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Let's not let that happen. It's a one-way trip. What? Don't fall in. Yeah. Can I? All right. Sounds good. Okay. Because we'll walk away. Should we pre-tie? Yeah. Oh yeah. What is the other end tied? Did he show us? So or? the so essentially, there's a deck railing that yeah. goes along both sides, and you can think of it in easiest ways. It's like a fence. Okay. And as the uh, the grapple hook is tied off to the railing, and then is hurled 
into the rigging of the other ship to attempt to entangle it. Okay. The boat hooks the two of you are using, essentially you can treat them like spears. They're very long, about 12 to 15 feet long. Mm -hmm. And the goal of these is to either stop other boarders from coming onto your ship or to pull people out of the water. Right. Mm -hmm. The assumption being that you're not going to be the only one throwing grapple hooks. Mm. All right. Of course. Or as Smugsy calls them, grapple hooks. Grapple hooks. Aha. Grapple hooks. I like that. I think that's what I'm going to call them. Grapple hooks. I like it. Oh, that's not what they're called. They're grappling hooks. Oh. Grappling? Grapply. More fun to say. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start tying. Did you begin tying it off on the railings? And I know, I know knots. Just not from being on ships, but I make my own knot. Right. <laughs> so as the two of you begin tying off, um, it, it essentially making sure that the, the line itself is about 40 feet long. It's quite a bit of rope that's attached to it. Um, but even so, you're realizing as you begin to tie it off, you're going to be very close to these ships in order to make this land. This is going to be a very, very close battle. How yeah. long is the rest of the rope then? 40 feet. 40. feet. 40. Yeah, okay. 40 feet. Okay, okay. And as you begin tying off the ends and the two of you are essentially making a sort of observation, an examination of the two boat hooks that you've been given. How much time do we have until until we like get there? Uh, and on this note, uh, Jordica begins to summon everyone to the aft castle, the whole crew. Right. All right, everyone, as we approach the outlet, I figure that we'll be in the sights of the Severe in the next 15 to 20 minutes. So... On the auspices of this occasion, I would ask that, and she begins to motion other parts of the crew to essentially take up positions at the prow, up in the crow's nest. My crew, will, my crew will handle all manners of fire control in the event that we take on fire. If we take on fire, it is a disaster. We will catch quickly and we will burn. In which case, in an emergency, make your way to the lifeboats. My crew will take the one at port. This mercenary company and Lord Rupert Sumo will take the one at starboard. And looking back, you can see there are two small dinghies that are attached to both sides. Um, they're right at the back end of the aft castle, essentially these two small boats. And with that, I really just wish all of you the best of luck. Aye, aye, Captain. Thank you. I've always wanted to say that. Well, now you have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First time for everything. She hears everything you say. Love your hooves. Thank you. You're welcome. Hopefully Latch will enjoy my horns. And as she Ooh. reaches up, she pulls off uh, both the brass caps. And looking at them now, they're not sharpened into what you would call points. They're short, sharpened almost into blades. In the sense that they're, they're not sharpened like they've been ground. They've been sharpened as if they're like a spear tip on either side. These two large horns that wrap around either side of her head. And now you can see why you would definitely cap them. It is not a, yeah. a casual ornament. As this large seven foot tall Asterion is now in almost full like war regalia face. So let's hope it gets to close quarters then. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> right. To stations. She motions a lot of you. Yeah. On uh, my way to my station, are they, you know those creatures. What are, what are they called again that we killed? They they weren't given a name. <laughs> oh great. They were called oh, no, acid, dogs. acid puppies. Can acid I puppies. grab, like, cut quickly, off like a couple of their like a line of their scales? Oh sure, make an animal handling check. Oh, 
Yeah. Just roll a 20? Yeah, roll d20 and add your animal handling modifier. Well, animal handling... It'll be at the top. Uh, 14. 14? Yeah. Laying in with a... a, a, What knives do you have, by the way? Uh, I believe you have, like, a boot knife. I don't. Where's that in my inventory? Sorry, yeah, but guys. just laying in with laying in with the knife yeah. at your disposal. <clears throat> you managed to cut a, a strip. It's about three inches tall and about eight inches wide. Cool. <clears throat> As you kind of flay it from the edge of the uh, creature. All right. It's Drops. sticky. Mm. Yeah, it has an almost the the has an oil attached to it that feels. It's got like a tack to it, mm. almost like glue, yeah. holding it in your hand. As um, Hecate gets over to the stations where he will be, mm-hmm. um, he pulls out this small, like, leather-wrapped pouch from his side um, and begins to pull out a few of these cards. Looking closer, they are these very intricately drawn, what appear to be spirit cards, each of them depicting different themes, such as death and life. Mm-hmm. And he begins to meditate on them for for a bit, kind of... And then a few moments later, kind of nods and puts him back in. Mm. You see, he looks a lot more confident than he than he is, than he uh, previously was. Ashwin asks, "What was that?" Oh, I, my spirit deck. It's just uh, something my parents gave me when I was very young. Oh, hmm. Yeah. I've seen you with those by the fire camp some nights. Yeah, I usually do it late. Sometimes when you guys are asleep, but. Uh, that's how I've learned my, my magic. So impressive, man. Thanks. Yeah. I try. <laughs> right. Ooh, I'm getting nervous again. Oh, no, me too. Keeping it down. You'll be all right. You'll okay. be okay. You'll be okay. Ashwin, okay. okay. can you rub it back again? <laughs> oh, thank you. After she rubs her back, um, she wants to walk over to one of the uh, monsters and kind of kick out a bit and trying to gauge how heavy is it. Like, just trying to <laughs> giving it a few like checking the tires and, of yeah. it of the of the creature. <laughs> Probably weighs two hundred pounds. Okay. It's Do quite, I think I could lift it? Uh, make an athletics check. Okay. Hey, are you thinking meat shield? That's what I'm thinking. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Nineteen. Yeah, it's an awkward lift, but mm-hmm. you definitely get some arms around it, avoiding the mouth, okay, obviously. Okay. As you're holding up this creature, and as you do, you get some curious looks from the rest of the crew as you're now essentially holding what is essentially the size of a large hog in front of you. What would you like to do with it? I want to put it over by where my grappling station is. I just want to set it there, just okay. just in case I need it. Okay. As you, as you <laughs> just sort of <laughs> shimmy over with this large bundle and <laughs> drop it on the deck, you can see that Rupert now looking over begins to gather up the small oilcloth pouch before uh, shoving the, uh, the, the strange green cloth into the barrel before sealing it. I and smile at him and I say, cannonball. He gives a bit of a wave before heading to the back of the ship. You hear a sudden call out from Jordica at the back of the ship. All to stations, no stealth now. As you begin to emerge from the inlet, it is still dark, but bright enough that you can see off your port bow almost as if the ticking of a clock has lined up with the severe coming around wooden teeth, the red-sailed view of the severe. 
as it begins to pull directly into your eddy, you can see small lanterns springing to life and a shout uh, murmur of voices on the deck as they begin to point at your vessel now emerging. And as the two ships are essentially now on a direct collision course, as Jordica has timed the exit from Wooden Teeth to a literal collision of the two vessels, she has to turn the wheel now abruptly to keep from accidentally ramming into the side of the Severe, such that as both vessels are now sort of canting in the water coming around, you can see from your position on the rocking deck as spray is beginning to pick up as the other currents from the Amber Sea are now kicking up onto the sides of the vessel, sort of raking up the sides, washing over the uh, deck planking below you, that it appears that on the Severe, you cannot make out Latch at the moment, who does not appear to be above deck. Mm -hmm. But you can see several individuals, all of a sort of medium height, running back and forth, and what appear to be bows in their hands as they're arranging themselves along the deck. And a shout of voices of, there, no, no, as they begin to point at your vessel. Continue the story in Episode 1, Part 2. Novel Chronicles is a Brooklyn Quarter production and stars Timothy Reese, Bill Crow, Danielle Beckman, Mark David Christensen, and Victoria Rani. Score by Spencer Cohen and Timothy Reese. Technical production by Maggie Hood. Produced by Timothy Reese and Danielle Beckman. And I'm Mary McBain. Our Patreon supporters make this all possible. Consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Brooklyn Quarter. Learn more about Novel Chronicles at brooklynquarter.com. Thanks for listening.